You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezic, and uh, welcome to another Buzz episode, our special holiday edition Buzz episode. Yeah. Which is uh, episode 190? Yeah, so you're getting this in between Christmas and New Year's. So it's episode 190, so I hope everyone had a happy holiday. And uh, after this, I hope you have a very happy New Year. Yeah. So we're coming up on that. And we have um, a really... Well, we're still sharing some good native plant stuff. We're yes. going to recap our top 10 episodes of the year. We have a phone call that we want we to touch on. We do have a phone call, and it's and, not Saul. I'll and it's not that. Saul. It's yeah. actually, I, I really enjoyed the phone. I'm glad we listened to it beforehand. Sometimes yeah. we just play them live and live react. Yes. This one I'm glad we listened to because we were asked to look something up and then expand upon it. And had we not, we wouldn't have been able we to We wouldn't that. have been prepared at all. Yeah. So... <laughs> But, but we, uh, do, we do have some follow-up yeah, for today. Yeah. And, Fran, I am going to let you go because even though I said I was prepared to start, I realized I never actually moved the script over to my laptop. So I'm <laughs> in the process of doing that right now. All right. So the first thing we have, Tom and I just recently recorded – this will be a future episode of the podcast, but we recorded a Zoom uh, growers panel for the Bowman's Hill Wildflower Preserve Land Ethics Symposium upcoming, which will be the 24th annual, and I believe it's on Thursday, February 15th of 2024. So our guests are uh, Jim McKenzie from Octorero Native Plant Nursery, Donna Derringer from the uh, retail Bowman's Hill uh, Garden Center or Plant Plant Center, Native Plant Center, and uh, John Mark Courtney from Kind Earth Growers. And we have a really good growers panel, and it's – we, we had a fantastic discussion about what – where native nurseries have come from, what's the current trends, where do we see native nurseries going in the next five years. Um, so if you want to see our our faces and, and actually see this panel uh, and we'll all be live for questions and answers, we really encourage you to sign up for this conference uh, so that mm-hmm. you can win. And there's a lot of other great talks as well. We were very honored to be asked to, to speak for to this sure. one. For sure. Um, and the, the, the panel is a fantastic panel and the conversation. We, we could have talked for, I think, three hours. Um, and then the next day, we're going to air that conversation on the podcast with some continuation. We, we, we only had 50 minutes for the conference, but we talked for, I think, an hour and almost. 40 minutes yes oh yeah so um but if you want to see it which you don't always get the opportunity to and be be part of the live question and answer and also get to witness other fantastic speakers that day Mm, for sure uh, presentations uh make sure you sign up for that i think it's at bwhp.org if i remember correctly for bowman's hill that's right yeah so so and fran you actually mentioned you've been watching uh, uh something at home that you yeah, thought was I, interesting to touch on too, right? I, I did, yeah. We just happened to be flicking through Max and uh, caught a new documentary called Trees and Other Entanglements. And I just wanted to recommend it. I don't want to give any spoilers, but it follows probably like five to ten people and how their life their, – maybe their businesses or their lives deal with trees. Mm-hmm. And it's from all different aspects. Yeah. So it may be 
lumber producers. It may be bonsai growers. It may be photographers. Um, But it was all different aspects of people's lives. It may be someone that's planting trees. I just thought it was – I think it's like an hour and a half to two hours, Mm -hmm. and it was – besides the – the filmography or the cinematography being fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was just a wonderful documentary. Yeah. So if you have Max and you have the opportunity to watch that, I would definitely watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounded kind of sounded like a, uh, a project that I considered, but I just never will have the time to do that. I that I wanted to do called, uh, called native plant people. And I wanted to go and like, just talk to, people who like their lives were really impacted by native plants. You, you guys know the, yeah. the people. And I was like, do you make it a, a podcast like a, a eight part series podcast with interviews? It could be. Or do you take the next step and make it like a, a, a feature documentary. documentary series, which would be wonderful. Yeah. And that's what that's like. I thought some of the interesting, so no one steal my idea. <laughs> it's mine. I laid claim to that in my brain over <laughs> two years ago. And I just haven't gotten around to doing it, so no one else can touch it. It's my no. I'm, I think it would be really cool to watch, and um, yeah. I think it's same kind of concept. It, like people are into a lot of things, but into native plants for so many different reasons. Yeah, and it's like they carve their lives in different ways. So. I, I think you know one of the interesting contrasts to me. It's one of the people they highlight is George Warehouser from mm-hmm. Warehouser. Uh, I don't even. It's just. I think it's warehouser companies, but they do logging and mm-hmm. paper wood products. But then they also followed a man who planted trees and still does after the areas have been logged. Mm-hmm. And his business was a huge business, but he still plants tree. His business still plants trees, and he himself has planted. He's he's closing in at the time of the documentary. He was close to planting his one millionth mm-hmm. tree himself, wow. which was pretty wonderful. And it's again, it's. All different aspects coming from all different angles, and it was telling stories about their lives and how they they intermingle. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. I just thought if you if you get the opportunity to watch it, it's not necessarily about native plants, yeah, but it's just connection with nature mm-hmm. for sure. So. And next on our our things to touch on is uh, friend. You told me about this meme. I'd seen the meme too. And your do you want your to describe father, it or do it? Yeah. your your father even said he he heard oh, yeah. it. he brought it yeah. up today you were in a meeting you can you could talk about yes yeah, so uh you may have seen that taylor swift meme talking about her her romance taylor swift we haven't touched on taylor swift at no, all ever we yeah. are very late to this party with her her and i'll to f- use your yeah. phrase entanglement with travis kelsey yeah. um and we're sports fans and music we are fans. yeah totally and uh but a meme popped up about her, she owns two private planes, a Dassault Falcon 7X and a Dassault Falcon 900. And uh, in three months uh, to go see Travis Kelsey, she's used up to 12,622 gallons of jet fuel, um, not just regular fuel, jet fuel. And based on those statistics, uh, that produces 138 tons of CO2 emissions. And to offset those emissions, she's going to need to plant uh, 2,282 trees. So... And if they only have to we grow, knew a place it, it, near her hometown. Yeah, I know. That grew trees. <laughs> it's we're not that far. Native trees, even yeah. better. Um, and they were saying those trees have to would have to grow for at least ten years in order to offset the environmental damage. And it it just progressively as she flies, yeah, it's just getting worse and worse yeah. and worse. So if only there was someone she could partner with, yeah. to make sure these trees got planted 
and we could help offset that. You know, her producer owes us a favor, so we can maybe we'll reach, <laughs> maybe we'll reach out and that. I don't want to get into that whole story, but uh, it is it is a true favor. It is a true story in a sense, uh, a very roundabout way. But um, but yeah, I what I was thinking, and uh, this is a free idea for the for okay. the people is trees get overplayed. We, we talked about it all the time. Trees are great. Trees are amazing. But there's so many other ecosystems that um, we're, we are big on plant trees where you should, we should plant trees. That's not Nebraska, not grasslands in the southeast. Like, so flip the meme, make it a, a figure out with a math on how many acres of grasslands you need to, to save in the southeast. Mm-hmm. SGI. Do this. It's Southeastern well, Grasslands Institute. This is free for I you. I tell you. I know I, some of you guys listen. I, make that make that I, meme, put it up there, new promotional material. I even wanted to do one with um, when they had the – I just don't know how to make memes. Yeah. But there was the, the Taylor Swift and when this all yeah, started. Yeah. And she's in the, the suite and, like, the things are coming up. And it's like Taylor Swift eating chicken tenders with supposedly ranch. And I was like <laughs> – they put, like – people started putting other things up there. Yeah. Like whiskey and all that, it's supposedly buffalo trace. I was like, we should do some native plant stuff. <laughs> Put a native plant with supposedly a pawpaw. And, um, but yeah, I just don't know how to do it. I have an idea that I want us to keep for us. Mm-hmm. And I thought about. Well, should you say it? Yeah, I'm going to say it. This thousands is thousands of people. Or? But I thought because we can execute it, I don't know that anyone could not mm-hmm. not just anyone could execute it. I always thought that you and I should start a nonprofit mm-hmm. where we take money. And if you want to – like because all these tree plantings that happen on other continents, yeah. if you want tree plantings or grassland plantings mm-hmm. or some kind of planting, yeah, you donate money to our nonprofit. We distribute them throughout the company to other nonprofits that are doing the good mm-hmm. work in the right places. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we have the connections throughout the country. We know who's doing all oh, this yeah. fantastic work. So if you want to – You can you do wanna, it as like a grant thing. Yeah. So a, people apply for a grant. Yeah, and we can we can yeah. vet the the nonprofits doing the work, what kind of work it's being doing, and split mm-hmm. it up. Make sure that grasslands are being planted. Make sure that yeah. uh, wetlands are being restored. Mm-hmm. That type of thing, and just make sure that the right work is being done in our boundaries. Yeah, on our borders, and done the right way. Yeah, and it's the right tree. It's not just. Arbor Day Foundation, we're going to plant all these trees that aren't mm. native to that area yeah. in areas they shouldn't be. It's going to be the right plants are going to be done in the right place yeah. for the right reason. Yeah. What do you think? think I think a- it's a cool idea. I don't know where we have the time, but I do think it's a good idea. Yeah. Another charitable idea. I don't know how this one exactly works, but I think it would be cool. NFL, National Football League, just is wrapping up there like My Cause, My Cleats, yeah. where they have like – basically they have – Special cleats. They usually have to adhere to strict uniform yeah. codes. Yeah. A couple of weeks a year, they're able to have whatever cleats they want. But the idea was put something on the cleats, auction off the cleats, and then the, the money goes, the money to, goes to the a cause. So a lot of times the design has something to do with that cause. And um, I look through every – they put it on the NFL website. Okay. I look through every single NFL player uh, – I couldn't find that was doing this. That was on the list, at least. Couldn't find a single one that was donating to a native plant cause or an insect cause. 
the closest one was there's a, a guy who I hadn't heard from or heard of. I can't remember his name, and I don't remember what team he was on. Uh, it was an A team, I think. He was donating his to uh, Ducks Unlimited, oh, which is, okay. I think is a great cause. Yeah. But um, but I was like, oh man, think of all the possibilities. Xerxes Society has a player on the Seahawks because they're oh well, they're in Oregon, yeah. which Seahawks yeah. are probably their closest. Or Washington, Washington. Yeah. So oh, you mean oh, you're talking about yeah, the, they're the they're based in Oregon, sorry. but the Seattle Seahawks are in Washington, they're close. so they're yeah. close. That's their closest NFL team, and they have a Seattle Seahawks player with cleats covered in the blue Xerxes butterfly. Yeah, off auctioned off, going for. There's so much potential in design. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a, wow. We're just like a bevy of great yeah. ideas today. Someone, someone should capitalize on this. Yeah, it's, but I think the nonprofit would be great. Like, yeah. just obviously, if we had one, we wouldn't be able to run it. We'd have to hire someone to run oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but and, yeah. and just offer all the this money office grant. So if you want to. Like so for companies, not companies that say for everything you buy, we'll plant a tree or we'll plant a plant, a native plant. They can partner with our nonprofit and we make sure it happens in our borders done mm-hmm. the right way. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. So we should probably talk about native plants. Yes. Yeah. And we have two that we want to talk about right now. Uh, let's talk about the native plants that we're vibing with this week. And that's hot. That's hot. Friend, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Yeah, please. Um, I was going to say that's how out of touch we are. We're talking Taylor Swift. I'm using Paris Hilton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how that, that, that's how far behind oh, yeah. we are in this. Um, mine is one we, I've talked about a bunch. I've been struggling. I haven't been spending as much time outside lately, and uh, I've had a lot going on, so I haven't like been able to interact with plants. And I was really struggling for, for picking out a plant, so I was like, oh, let me walk through the nursery a little bit, see if something stands out to me. And I know we've talked about this plant a bunch, but. The one I picked was uh, Morella Pennsylvanica, nice. which I realizing I did not put the yeah. name in here. I was like, say, what I were was you going to guess? I, I don't know. I was reading it. I'm like, oh, do I know what this is? And um, Which is uh, Northern Bayberry. Yeah. And, formerly Mirica. Uh, yeah, formerly Mirica Pennsylvanica. Uh, the quick description of it is a spreading mulch uh, branch shrub, usually 3 to 10 or 3 to 12 feet tall. Glossy, fragrant, gray-green, egg-shaped leaves remain on the plant in the southern parts of its range or turn tan-colored and persist in the winter farther north. Green catkins appear before leaves. Clusters of small, round, hard white berries remain on the female plant all winter. That information is from wildflower.org. Um, and, yeah, it's it's nice because it kind of gets like this greenish, maroonish, tannish color in the winter around where we are. They typically hold their leaves here. Um, and then feeling festive, I was like, well... Now's a good time for bayberry candles. And I know I've talked about bayberry candles and talked about this plant in that's hot before. But, um, yeah, that was what I came up with. I like that. It's, a, it's that, an awesome plant. It's one that I keep coming back to and say, I really need to plant that in my yard. And I just haven't yet. And I'm going to do it. I don't have it in my yard, but that's probably a great one. Uh, the area I'm solarizing, I'm hoping to make it a meadow. When, when we had our... Uh, stamped concrete patio put in. I had to mm-hmm. dig up a native plant garden, and I have everything potted, and I want to replant it, and I think I want to make it like a small meadow, yeah, like a small That's meadow cool. project. So maybe even around the edges I could have that. I think that would be a good addition. Um, my plant is not something that's native to where we're at. I, I took my uh, description from wildflower.org also, but common snowberry, which is mm-hmm. Symphyrocarpus yeah. alba. I was thinking of the white berries and – it's, it's something that I have seen. It's just not something that we see locally to us. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's a shrub reaching up to five foot tall, blooming white to pink bell-shaped flowers in June and July. 
It's sparsely branched and will form thickets up to four to six foot wide. It's native from Maine to Alaska, south to West Virginia, um, and then across to California. So it's it's pretty much across the top of the United States. And I know that includes us, but I've never – have you seen one in the wild ever like in New Jersey? No, I have not. No, either have I. Um, it is uh, native to wooded hillsides and rocky open slopes. So I would imagine probably northwest New Jersey is where – you would see it naturally. Um, it's a larval host to the Vashti sphinx, uh, sphinx moth. The fruit, which are large snow white droops, are poisonous to humans but are loved by birds. Songbirds, game birds, small mammals, and browsers use this plant for food, cover, and nesting sites. So uh, if you have the right area, I, even though morella typically grows naturally by like its coastal plain by the mm-hmm. beach, I've seen it. Uh, that's a pretty common garden center plant ornamental yeah. plant that that you can plant uh both plants are really good choices especially if you're looking at providing for birds over the winter or wildlife uh so if you have the opportunity you can get your hands on either of these plants plant them in your yard yeah awesome so we we do not have that's hot this week to to make room for a topic and we want everyone to have chance to vote since we're recording this early um we're actually recording this before christmas so uh, we're going to announce the winner on episode 192. I think right now I have like a slight lead. I think I'm up five to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the it just went up two days ago. So the voting really has just started to begin. Yeah. So I thought um, instead we could go right to listener shout outs. Listener, listener, shout out, shout out. It's a little on the mild side for it for sure is yeah there hasn't been a lot of interaction because we just recorded not that long ago yeah <laughs> so sure. um, I wanted to, and and Tom you can you can uh, actually speak to this one at well I wanted to give a shout out to Zach Rittner who has called in before and uh, we had the opportunity to go to his school he's a he's a uh, environmental science teacher. And we got to go sit with his uh, environmental science club and hear their presentation for what they wanted to do with their courtyard. Mm-hmm. And it was just very impressive to have kids of that age be environment. I know we talked about this on another uh, podcast, but I, you know, Zach has done such a wonderful job, and I just really appreciate the work that he's doing. And he spreads the message and supports us all the time. So just wanted yeah. to say thank you to Zach. Yeah, and uh, and we had another comment yes. from on Spotify. We did, and uh, this one I love this name is the Nicey Nice. <laughs> so no, thank you for for writing in. And um, what I want, what I want to do at some point is the Nicey Nice is I I know who it is because you can okay. tell from the photo. It's someone in our Facebook group. Do you okay. want me to tell you who it is, or do you want to guess? Do we want to? Do we want to? What's the term? When divulge you, the divulge. No, there's a there's a term for when you give you uh, I out someone's like online persona. Oh, uh, okay. We can, I can't remember what it's called. We can keep they it under wanna, wraps. They want to. She, she can choose to announce you it. You gave away. Oh wow. You gave a little bit away. Yeah, there. she can choose to out herself um, on the Facebook group if, yeah. if she so chooses. So, but she uses the same avatar, so it's okay. it's pretty obvious. All right. I'll have to look into that. All right. So, but yeah, no, thank you for, for the comment. And, um, yeah, we, we encourage people to keep doing that because it's, uh, my goal, my, one of my news resolutions is to start to 
actually manage the Spotify questions and like res- can you respond to comments? You cannot, oh, you can't? but oh, I you can. You could. No, and a lot of people yeah, ask gonna, us yeah. questions in it. Yeah, but by the time I see the question, sometimes it's a little too far past yeah, to go yeah, back yeah. and revisit. But we can change the question. It's set up yeah, with what do you think of the, the episode? Question. But as soon as it airs, you can go in and change the question. Yeah, yeah I might do that if you want something specific. All right. So I it's just a tentative done. New Year's resolution then. For okay, me. I got to do. We research. haven't managed it at all, and since they started, I think we've only. I think maybe I've changed two questions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I haven't been that creative, but we appreciate all the feedback. Yeah, so definitely, we love it. And again, we've had more five star reviews on Apple, but just no one that's that's. Yeah, and we there. appreciate those yeah. too. We just like giving you the recognition that you did did it. So if you want to write something. I'll I'll give you a shout out in this space right here. So, <laughs> all right, it's top ten time. All right, you want to do you want to do questions? Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't. Have, it's not. I didn't have I, I didn't write, that's, that's why right. I wrote it in mine just so I wouldn't. Hold forget. up, it's not top ten time. We're doing a question first. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to have them answered immediately. It's a simple question. Um, no, I didn't hear you. What was your question? All right, so um, this. The, the person that called in has been on the podcast numerous times, uh, but this is in response to our mosquito control um, episode, and I thought it was good to have a professional's uh, view on this. Yeah. And Tom and I were very happy. The, the person actually asked to, to talk to us so we could say – we're like, no, why don't you call in? We'd love to hear from you. So mm-hmm. instead of priming this more, let me just play it. Hello, friend Tom. It's Richard McCoy calling from Richard McCoy Horticultural Services. I'm just calling to follow up on the continuing discussion of mosquito spraying. Um, hopefully to try to provide some insight to the listeners on how we approach not just mosquito spraying, but spraying in general. And I'll try to be as brief and as quick as possible. Just to remind your listeners real quick, uh, McCoy Horticulture is a land care company that has transitioned away from synthetic chemicals. The approach is holistic first and foremost. Um, with the utilization of native strategies, native plants, et cetera, and beneficials. Um, we've also been on past episodes 19, 46, and 88. So I think, first of all, the most important thing for folks to remember is that any time they hear side, as in C-I-D-E, as in pesticide, fungicide, or denicide, that implies that they are or are going to kill something. Um, no matter what the material is being applied, if it's a pesticide, it will kill the pest, and most likely it will also kill non-target inhabitants as well. So spraying for mosquitoes, fleas and ticks, or other using air fingers, quote, organic methods, our philosophy is that we'd much rather plant native plants that tackle the issues of pests and balancing the ecosystem. That said, we do, again, air fingers, quote, uh, offer organic spray applications for flea ticks and mosquitoes as a last resort. Um, also, we do have clients that want flea tick and mosquito applications. If we're unable to resolve that issue or at least keep the nuisance pest below an acceptable threshold for the client, then and only then will we use a product to suppress that pest issue. The materials that we use are completely made of essential oils and are 25B exempt citrus oil, clove oil, peppermint oil, various different other essential oils. It's important for listeners to maybe consider that when they ask or discussing this with their landscape or pest control company, that if the material they are applying is 25B exempt, 
And maybe you guys can follow up and elaborate on what 25B exempt is uh, for Anatom after after my call here. Um, just as a side note, also too for your listeners, if by law any application any applicator must disclose what material it is they're applying. Um, don't let them tell you otherwise, because again, by law they do have to tell you what it is the material they're applying is. Um, the benefit to using essential oils instead of using pyrethrin, in some cases pyrethrins can be categorized as organic. Essential oils are more of a contact kill, which means they have less persistent residuals than a, than a synthetic. So that being said, the benefit to using essential oils when you're spraying for some of these pests, um, when applied properly, they do work well, and in concert with the other strategies I mentioned above. So you may unfortunately kill unattended beneficials when making applications of essential oils. However, the risk of affecting new visitors to the garden is greatly reduced. Um, essential oil persistence is almost zero versus that of a persistence. Unfortunately, our our comment line only allows you to record up to three minutes, so it kind of cut Rick off. I would have loved to have known what else he mm-hmm. he had to say. But listening to this, the first first thing Tom and I kind of commented to each other was, if you're hiring a professional to do something like this, that's the professional. That's the type yep. of professional you want to be dealing with. Because that was more knowledge than I had gotten from anyone else, not including like our guest on the thing, but just like professionals that do this for a living. Um, that's the kind of company with the information that they're giving you and giving you the options and letting you know what is about to happen or what could happen is really what you want and giving you options on ways that you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Um I just thought that was such a fantastic call, and I'm really glad that Rick called in with that information. Yeah, yeah, I I do too, and uh, or I was too, and um, yeah, it's just it's really important to think about that whole everything that's going on there. Yeah, um, and I think he outlined some great options, and it's something that yeah, there's going to be times where you do need to use a something that's going to kill the the issue yeah and like if, if it, you don't want something it, it's sometimes it's better to have something that's instant quick acting and then it's gone yeah. versus that's a lot of the the neonicotinoid debate too exactly and and rick i like he said a lot of things that we can use in our talking point graphic that we've been talking about we haven't forgot we just have so much on our plate it's it's coming in a few weeks uh but i love that he he led with these issues typically lead because an imbalance in the the ecosystem. We, we try to balance it first mm-hmm. before we take that next step. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So he also mentioned twenty five B exempt, which is uh, I I recommend everyone if you want to know more to go to the website to read about it. But this is the uh, deemed by the U.S. EPA minimum risk pesticides exempted from uh, FIFRA registration. So it's minimum risk. There's a lot of information on this website. It's epa.gov backslash minimum hyphen risk hyphen pesticides. So I'll make sure that I put this on the uh, show notes too yeah, so that definitely. you can follow up. Um, I'm just writing a note right now. So uh, I just thought it was a great call. Yeah. And it just leads yep. the other side a little bit how it should be. Now if someone came to your door and, and approached you this way – it's a whole different conversation than what we were saying we've been mm-hmm. approached with coming to our door. So um, uh, kudos. Yeah, to definitely. Rick. 
Stay tuned for more of the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. Welcome back to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. Now it's top 10 time. <laughs> it you is. have a little I don't, jingle to play for this? You know what? I thought about it, and, and but I thought about it too late. I was hoping I had something, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't really have anything. But um, I did list this from 10 to 1, so we are going backwards. So you want me to go first? Yeah, go and ahead. And that way you can, you can talk about the number – well, oh, you can announce the number one. So number 10, just squeaking in at the last minute beating out last year's number one. And we mentioned this last week that these are our top 10 episodes of all time, not this year. It just so happens that all of these episodes are from this year yeah. and completely knocked out all the episodes from last year. Mm-hmm. The number one last year was uh, Meet. Native Plants in Small Places, I think. Yes. Is that yeah. what Joan Brandwine by far was our most popular episode. We looked at it and go, nothing's ever going to beat this. And she almost held on to the top 10 and was just knocked out mm-hmm. right at the last second. So um, our current top 10 episode is episode 148, which aired on March 10th, 2023, which is Black Gold with Dr. Michael Kern. So that was a real eye opener for us um, yeah. when, when Mike came on to talk to us. Yeah, for sure. He, um, what a, a wealth of knowledge yeah. um, and just a passionate guy who really is not afraid to think outside the box on how to accomplish some things. And especially when it comes to blending big industry with habitat restoration. Yeah. And uh, we're glad to have him back on the East coast doing some stuff as well. Um, but yeah, that was, oh, if you want to learn more about Wyoming and how the oil industry oil. is actually, helping with habitat restoration on a measurable scale, he's the guy. And giving him the opportunity to do meaningful and impactful research yeah. uh, on these interactions was was pretty incredible. And like Tom said, now he's back in the East Coast doing some work in the Meadowlands and some other things and, and doing fantastic work. So yeah. just a super, super bright guy. And it was a very eye-opening episode. And I'm glad to see that one made the top 10 because that was one of my favorites this year. Yeah, so then uh, number nine on this list, it kicks us back to the summer where we had Andrew the Arborist on, and that was episode 168. It aired on July 28th, and uh, really cool conversation with him as well. Just a lot of talk about how he has a passion for nature and then is able to convey that passion through really, really good information uh, and give out really good information through social media. Um, I was just yeah. watching one of his videos last night on Instagram about uh, removing invasives to help spring ephemerals, mm-hmm. which were be- yeah, getting choked definitely. out. And it was a fantastic video. But it was just interesting to see someone that had the opportunity to be considered an influencer on mm-hmm. social media and take that to another level. Yeah. He, he created a nonprofit, and he's doing wonderful work. Mm-hmm. So I, it's it was wonderful to speak with Andrew. It's always curious how – how someone starts off before they're an influencer and what happens for afterwards. Sure, so sure. it was pretty cool to hear that story. Uh, again, another one of my favorite episodes. I'm actually shocked that this one did not make it a little bit higher on the list. It kind of got knocked down a few pe- uh, pegs later in the year, but it was uh, Ethnobotany and Succession with Dr. Daniela Shevitz, which was episode 146, and it aired in February 24th, 2023. Um 
we just had such a wonderful conversation, and she is just like a, a another person that's a wealth of knowledge and a kind soul, mm-hmm. and just has a certain outlook when it comes to nature. And it, it, it's no surprise that she was a protege of of uh, Robin Wall Kimmer. Yeah, for sure. Um, but she's another person that's doing fantastic work right in our backyard, and, mm-hmm. and we had so crossed paths, kind of like brushed. We had We're so, so close, many, yeah, yeah, close calls, uh, interaction. Like I, just, well, I wouldn't even want to say interactions. Like affiliated interactions. Like we uh, know her husband. Friends. We know yeah. her husband who was working for a company that we do a lot of business with. Mm-hmm. Um, we just I, na- you're saying that I didn't. I didn't. We do. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna write the name down just so. But. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't. You, I didn't know that. Oh, you, <laughs> I think maybe you did tell me that, but I forgot. Okay, but um, yeah. So yeah. Th- there was a lot of like, yeah, like we've gotten close to meeting each other, and and you had even reached out to her, yeah. without hearing back, and then her publicist reached out to us. Yeah. So it was kind of kind of interesting how we got Danielle on, but yeah. And then one of the things that has been really rewarding to me about doing this podcast is we form. Even though it's just uh, – sometimes it's just a couple of emails and a relatively short conversation yeah. in the grand scheme of things, you form these friendships with people all over the, the country. And um, I actually got to meet Danielle. I don't know if I told you this. No. I got to meet Danielle in person at a corporate wetland restoration partnership meeting. I did not know that. And then like, I got a big hug, and it was just like, I think this is the first time we've ever met in person. <laughs> but it seemed like we've we've known each other for such a long time. No, and every now and then she'll drop a quick note via email or something like that. It's kind of nice yeah. that we're able to become friends or colleagues with, with our guests yep. because we, we're we basically fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When it comes Definitely. down to it. so Which uh, uh, leads us to our next episode, which is episode number seven on the uh, list, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yes. We're counting wait. from the back. We No, episode number six. <coughs> episode number oh, six. Man. I think it's number seven. Oh, wait. Ten, nine, eight. Yeah, seven. Oh, seven. Sorry. Seven. My fault. I counted oh. the line that said top ten episodes <laughs> yeah, of all yeah. time. Um, was episode 138, um, talking about being fans of people. It was actually one where we were replaying the hits, and it was two of our early episodes with Dr. Doug Talamy and Dr. Enrique Salah. Three hours of heavy-hitting native plant nature information coming your way now before we we did the top before we did a best of these two episodes are on their own because they were so early on yeah didn't have very many lessons not by today's standards at the the, yeah Yeah. at the time we're like wow dr talmy came on he got like 500 listens that's (laughs) amazing wow that's incredible then we're two years later and like wow our average episode's getting a few thousand (laughs) listens or something and now even greater than that now and it's um so we're like we owe it to them to kind of we want to have either of them back on at some point but um hey let's we were in a a crunch in between the holidays said hey let's put this together let's play it and uh let's and people, bring exposure to yeah, it. yeah. Uh, we got a lot of feedback saying wow wow i can't believe just having them back to back was yeah. really amazing so. you know a lot of our listeners really have only found us in the last year um like we grew exponentially over yeah. this past year so they haven't made it all the way back to some of those episodes so to give them mm-hmm. the opportunity without skipping around to be able to hear that was was pretty awesome um number six now we're at number six was Episode 160 on June 2nd, 2023, and it was Meet Native Plant Trust with Uli Lorimer. And 
Uli was such a fantastic guest, and we talked about he wants to come back on again. Yeah, we want to have sure. him back on again. We were a little hesitant at first when we we wanted to have Uli on because Uli definitely makes a circuit and has been heard and should be heard because he's such an incredible speaker and guest. But we wanted to just make sure we could do something different and not repeat what had been done on other podcasts. So, and I think we did that, and we just kind of yeah. opened it up and said, "What do you want to talk about?" We and there's no limits if you want to. Mm-hmm. You want to bring up something controversial? Let's talk yeah, controversial. Definitely, definitely. And I think we pushed the limits a little bit and had really good conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's um, – I think he's a lot – in mindset is a lot like us where things are on a, a spectrum and your mind is always changing and you start going in one direction then some little piece of information will turn you around and as you go back and you're just constantly kind of shifting back and forth. Um, there was another episode where I felt a little bad because we recorded it and released it right away. And then there was another native plant podcast that <laughs> recorded over the like winter the week and released it like later. a week or two later. And like, yeah. Oh, sorry about oh. that. I, but I think they were actually different enough that they were, they were worth listening to both. Definitely. But, uh, I wish I was the only time that happened, but it, seems <laughs> it, it happens a lot. <laughs> Somewhat often. happens to us. We do it to yeah. other people. So, so. Uh, next on that list was another, I'm getting a lot of these friend. You are uh, another one of our replaying the hits episodes where we wanted to really pair two design episodes and put them together. Yeah. And that was with, uh, Claudia West and Benjamin Vogt. Again, two fairly early on episodes. Uh, that was actually when it aired was, uh, episode 169. That was when we were both on vacation over the summer yeah. and just really Somewhat different approaches for the same kind of well, I'd I'd say even no, no yeah, the same kind of yeah. places. Yeah. Um, but trying to accomplish the same thing. And it's just uh and it's not like they're wildly different approaches. They're just like Claudia is saying, Hey, we're talking about native plants, but we're talking not talking about native soils in some yeah. of these places. Um, you have a lot of fill, so we need to have maybe a little bit more of a mix so that we have project success. And Benjamin Vogt, who I think he is also on a spectrum with some of this stuff at that point in time was really hard line. Yeah. It's got to be locally, got to be native and like really hardcore at that yeah. point. Um, yeah. Just cool. Two really cool conversations. Yeah. Both working towards the same thing. And that what speaks to how good these conversations were. I mean, this one aired in August and cracked the top five. Yeah. So that's and again, they they happened so early on. We were so psyched when when Benjamin came on and leaked to us that he was writing Prairie up like we Mm -hmm. had to scoop before anyone else. We just didn't have the listeners to listen back then to Mm -hmm. uh, get all excited. So um, next coming up, this this one was such a great episode and happened in such unique circumstances. And we've actually been talking about this one over the last month because of different reasons. But uh, number four is the, the trials and tribulations of rewilding in an HOA. It was episode 154 and aired April 21st, 2023. And when we had Dr. Peter Groffman on, we had it was a two-parter, Your Lawn Does What, part one and two. And that just barely missed making the top ten. Your Lawn Does What, part one, just missed making the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about HOAs and yeah. the – um, the Janet Crouch – I can't remember her husband's name. I apologize. Peter, I believe. Janet and Peter yeah. Crouch had just won their case over the HOA in Maryland, and some of the laws had been changed because of this case. Um, 
we had talked about that, and then it was a our, it's our Jeff Crouch or Jeff Crouch. Okay, sorry, Janet and Jeff Crouch. Um, we one of our listeners, Melinda Soltis, kind of reached out on the the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group and said, "It's not that easy. It's not that clear cut. Mm. I'm having these issues." So we. You know, Tom and I both agree we we probably approached it a little naively and we're like, well, we – like when we talked to Dr. Groffman and we're like, well, Melinda, could you come on and tell us your story? And she was a little hesitant at first. I'm like, let's do it, and then if if you change your mind, we won't air it. Yeah. Um, or you know, if you're uncomfortable, we'll edit it. You know, We can do whatever you want, and she took some time and said, I want to do it, and man, what a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. And she really set the perspective of, I think – pretty closely what some people really have to deal with in these situations. For sure. Um, I've been saying for sure a lot this episode. It's kind of annoying me. So you sorry saying, if it's oh, man. annoying oh, man. everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's son is now, that's his. It literally today, came yeah. back from school. Like 10 times. Like, oh, man. Oh, man. Where did you get this from? It's not like I say it. So. It was awesome. You could be saying worse. Yeah. So. But Melinda came on, and since then, after she appeared on us, uh, the Joe Gardner podcast mm-hmm. reached out to Melinda and had her on. Um, I, I just thought – and she's still going through these trials and tribulations with her HOA. It's She's in Virginia, if I remember correctly. Yes. And um, she's still having some issues. But since then, Nancy Lawson, which is a humane gardener, has reached out to us. She's the sister of Janet Crouch. Um to talk about the Peter Groffman episode, we talked about the um, Melinda Soltis. I, I think Nancy, Janet, and Melinda just did a panel discussion for someone mm-hmm. uh, over the last month. So they've all met. Um, so it was a good conversation and I think related a little bit more to people that are going through the struggle because even Nancy said to us that there were so many – weird and horrible things that happened to janet and jeff through the things that would fill up way more than a podcast they should probably do their own (laughs) 10 bar series of that that would probably be a a wonderful idea for them but i i thought that was a great episode yeah it it was a lot of fun in uh i shouldn't say fun it wasn't fun at all it was it was interesting hearing that story fun to connect with melinda yeah and um and just kind of disheartening to hear how some people can be. Yeah. So, uh, next on the list was uh, a buzz episode. Our only buzz episode, but it did crack the top three. And it was titled "Right Plant, Right Place." And uh, and do you remember anything it was about it? One hundred and sixty-three. I have no clue. I did look it's, a little bit yeah. up. I think why it's so popular. That is the episode that we announced the winner of our native plant that anthem. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that was our native plant anthem. Uh, winner, uh, and I think we like. I'm trying to remember. Your plant was something that you thought was edible, but you weren't sure it was a species of something Man, that I wish you, I remembered all. This. I remember it was something that you wanted to cook, yeah, but then you weren't here. sure if it was. You were thinking it was edible, but then you weren't sure if it was edible. Um, you know what? Hold on. I yeah, bet I don't you have it on we my... should we should be better prepared. What episode is it? Can you look for me and just tell me what? Because I'll have the document on my laptop. What, it was 163. 163. Okay. Yeah, on. I removed it from my. my. I'd, for some reason, I don't have it on my, my laptop. Wow. Look at us. Look Why? At us. How do I not have it? I go I from know. 161 to 165. Maybe it's mistitled. 
That's happened before. Possibly. That's that's happening. But it's our only buzz episode that made the top ten. Which is is if if unspoken words mean anything, I'm hearing that you like guests better than Buzz episodes, especially our old guests. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> three, uh, three of our three best ofs, best ofs, and um, on here, <laughs> yeah. Which I do have some good news in regards to that. So, all right, awesome. Yeah. So, um, this one, so we had over the course of the last year, we did four best ofs, and that's going back to a year ago. Three of them made the top ten. The one that didn't was Soil, the rooted discussion on Soil. But our number two episode airing on uh, April 7th, 2023. Why did we do a best of in April? Do you remember? I don't recall. There was a couple times. We had the vacation one. Yeah. There was we a couple sick. times where – where were we sick? No, maybe not. No, not you in April. sick? No. Um, where we had a guest cancel, I think. Oh, that's last what it was, minute. and we were trying to put something together at the yeah. last minute, and we didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. So we had someone just cancel the day be- – like we were recording the day before, and they had to cancel on us. Yeah. Oh, you want to know what else we talked about on episode 163? I, put, I found the, the okay. thing on my – I use remote desktop. Um, the the Victorian Adventure, which I never bought. <laughs> I comp- I've kept forgetting to buy it. I don't know if I can buy it anymore. I'll have to look it up. Um, well, I think it's supposed to come out March 2024. Yeah, so I think it was soon. just a pre-purchase. I kicked your butt in the, the this or that, or the oh, week, that the week prior. That it was 18 to 6. Um, I know my article was about in California with mushrooms being used yeah. for remediation purposes. And yours had something to do with moths. Oh, I was looking at my plant. That's what it was. I was okay. like, I'm keep going down, 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 down. Where'd it go? Your plant for that's hot was persimmon. Okay. And mine was swamp dock. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's right. Because th- there's like curly dock you can eat, the invasive one yeah. you can eat. And I was pretty sure you could. And I actually reached out to some people, and then okay. I didn't get a chance to. We had a blue-green algae outbreak in yeah. the pond right when I was going to go collect. Yeah. I'm like, I probably shouldn't do this yeah. just because if this doesn't kill me that definitely will so, <laughs> so yeah but, that's what it was but i'm happy that if if only one if only one episode of the buzz was going to make it i'm happy at least made it up to number three and yeah. there were a couple other earlier in the year they just eventually got pushed out but rightfully so by by mm-hmm. some great guests but our number two episode again april 7th 2023 episode 152 it was replaying the hits with Dr. Dwayne Estes and Samuel Thayer, and this one was one where we both felt like these were incredible episodes and they needed to be heard. And and Dwayne Estes was probably like episode sixteen, like it was pretty early that we had him on, maybe even earlier, maybe mm-hmm. eleven. So I'm happy that these got obviously that where they rank speaks for the quality of those mm-hmm. those two guests. Yeah. Not and, us. And where I said up. I had good news, uh, to, to if I had to pick my two favorite episodes, yeah. and, well, let me rephrase that. If I had to pick my top five favorite episodes, yeah. these two would be in there. They might be one and two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I was saying, I had good news. I was talking to Dwayne the other day, and um, and then was saying, you know, I've been meaning to tell you this for a while, but – we replayed your episode from years ago yeah. when we had something going on. We replayed it, 
and it's our like second most listened to episode all time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. And he was really flattered. And I was like, we want to have you back on at some point. It's just, I know you're busy. We've been busy and we're trying to get all these other yeah. people. And he's like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to come back on. Let's pick a time. And so he will be awesome. back on sometime in the near future. I want to do the same thing with, with Sam Thayer too. Cause yeah. I just, uh, that was such a cool conversation. That was, they were both early enough. Dwayne, I kind of knew what he was going to say yeah. and he still blew my mind. Sam, I had no idea what he was going to say, and it went such a different way that I, than I was even thinking, talking about colonization and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and the disappearance, the forceful disappearance of some of our known native plant foods. Um, man, that was, I think about it weekly, maybe not daily, but probably weekly. So it's it's shaped a little bit of who I've became, just yeah. that our conversation. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So number and, one. And oh, it, you go for it. No, no, it's yours. I was just gonna yeah. say it definitely deserved to be number two. You're sure. you do number one. Number one. And by, this has been by a, far. By like, far. Like, like, hundreds of, of listens more than any other. Actually, um, uh, almost thousands. Yeah. Was episode 156. It was a rooted discussion about the American chestnut. Uh had three great great guests um from ESF, American Chestnut Foundation, and uh and Penn State talking about what was being done with the American chestnut, where it was, where it is now in decline, almost gone in a sense, and then how they're trying to bring it back using modern technology. Um, Another one of those episodes that's just like, oh, my God, I didn't know that you could do this. And uh, with when it comes to plants and what's interesting is this has popped up because with the Darling 58 chestnut, um, and I'm sure many of you have heard this, the American Chestnut Foundation has actually pulled away from that plant as it's been held up. I guess they've seen in their research um, it has, didn't fare as well this year, and it gives them pause on whether it's going to work as well as they thought it was or not. SUNY ESF is still charging forward saying, hey, we're, gonna, we're yeah. going forward with this. What in that conversation and what I gathered from conversation with all these folks after the fact too, is there's so much work being done. Um, Sarah Fitzsimmons, who yeah. was on that so episode. That, that, just so we yeah. recap, the three guests were Sarah Fitzsimmons from American Chestnut Foundation, Adriana Del Grosso from SUNY ESF, and Eric Carlson from uh, SUNY ESF. Yeah. So Sarah had told me when I saw her over the summer. Um, yeah, you got to like, visit. This like, is yeah. Darling Fifty Eight is great. But some of the stuff that's coming down, like that we're working on now, is going to be so much better. And it's just like this is a good start, but what's coming up next is going to blow it out of the water. So um, there's a lot of hope there. So don't get too dismayed by the whole Darling 58 thing. There's still a good chance Darling 58 is going to come out in the next year or so. And uh, but there's a lot better news coming. Down the pipeline, too. and and one of the reasons why I loved this episode so much was we we really went from the beginning. What happened? Yeah. What happened yeah. afterwards? What started the inkling of this comeback? And where are we at today? And what's the future? We were able to cover all those bases with probably the people most knowledgeable about this in mm-hmm. the country. Yeah. And it was just very very exciting to be able to have this conversation. And obviously. Our listeners were too to make it number one. So it was a great year of podcasts mm-hmm. uh, and so many great podcasts that didn't make it or so many that have been knocked out. And I'm interested to see, Tom, knowing the numbers that we have on 
the American chestnut. Is that in our top 10 next year? Man. Um, oh, we've only had like one episode made it two years, and that was the rooted discussion, the herbaceous yeah. grower. Yeah. I think. I was would that, say. Oh, wait, no. Was it? What was the one that Rick McCoy was on? That was uh, about soil. No. no. That was gardening. Garden, with gardening plants. with native yeah. plants. That had made it two years. Yeah. So it was like number one one year, and I think it was like number three or four the yeah. next year. I would say I could see it. I don't think it'll be top five, but I think it'll be on there. Okay. What do you think? I think it will be. I, I think it, yeah, I think it's going to be somewhere between four and seven. Now that we've been doing this for a couple of years, it's interesting. I I'd, I'd heard at some point there are like there's podcasting seasons. Um. We're cut, we're we're approaching peak podcasting yeah. season yeah. shortly. <laughs> it's and um like that early like February, March, yeah. April podcasting season. May is great. June, July, August, people are doing stuff. They're outside. It starts to dip off. The fall it'll pick up a little bit more. Then but then you have the holidays, so the holidays make things all funky. And then so yeah, we're approaching like if I was going fishing, like this is I'm gearing up yeah. right now. This is when we need to bring our A game every day, and you, you're spending all kinds of time with a line in the water. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a weird analogy. <laughs> this is peak podcasting season. Yeah. yeah. So, and if you look at a lot of our top ten, they were in that. They're in that peak podcasting that, season. Uh, I'm just looking real quick. It's uh, what March. The one that did- March, July, February, December. June, August, the, April, June, April, May. The August so. is the one that defies it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that one just kind of exploded. We were we were on a hot streak there, yeah. and I think that's why. Yeah. All right. So what do you think? Take it or leave it? Yeah. I'm just looking see. at the time. We're trying to keep this one at a respectable level. Mm-hmm. Um, so Respectable I, for us, us, not so yeah. much for everyone else. I know people <laughs> want to listen to us all day, but we have things to do. <laughs> um, I put a link in the show notes for you to look at. So okay. my take it or leave it is biodegradable poop bags for pets. I think they're finding they're not as di- biodegradable as being touted. That be the case. And there's really – I guess there are some better alternatives out there. You really just have to do your research, but they're still saying they'd rather see you use a biodegradable poop bag than to just let the poop sit. What do you think? I'm wondering why. I guess from the – I guess from the environmental standpoint, I guess they're looking at the nitrogen that the mm-hmm. the poop would leave yeah. as opposed to the footprint that the – the possibly not so biodegradable bags. I guess they're saying it's how the bags are disposed of mm-hmm. that it's hit or miss or may take yeah. exponentially way longer than what's yeah. What I, was I it's another one of those things. Um, like in nature, no yeah. one's walking behind and picking it up. Yeah, and it it tends to decompose pretty quickly because you have really healthy soil and tons of microbes and that yeah. num 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 and yeah. get rid of it really fast. Yeah. Not happening on the the lawn. At your local park. Now we we talked about like the the footprint that a, a a family of five Canadian geese would leave. Yeah, or it's like one Canadian goose in a week leaches more nitrogen than a septic tank of a family of five in like a month or something. It's something mm-hmm. some like crazy statistic like that. Yeah. So I I understand, but I think like for a dog, I guess if it's 
always in the same concentrated spot. Maybe that's more of the issue. Yeah. So I know with with cat poop, you have the toxoplasmosis thing, yeah. and it, like it's it's actually hazardous. Um, so keep your cats inside. And it's one. This is one of those things where I'm trying to dig back and say, is this really the problem? Is that the bags? Well, the bags not being biodegradable enough is partially a problem. But it's like you start thinking about it. It's like, well, you're picking up the poop because you don't want other people to step in the poop, and you're throwing it away. So then it's something that can be compostable that is no longer compostable because it's wrapped in a bunch of plastic, and then. So it's like, would it be better? Is, is do we have to clean up because it's a lawn? Is that why? So and it's uh, but then like, where are people going to walk their dogs if it's a meadow? Instead, they're not going to walk in the meadow. And then if you're walking in the meadow now, you're really not going to see the poop if you step in it. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so it's let's see here. Just some of the we definitely want to pick up the waste rather than leave it. Uh, spread out around our environment, but we always also need to make sure the nutrients don't leach into our waterways and yeah. that the pathogens are contained or properly destroyed. Yeah. So that's what I think mo- about it leaching in the waterways. It's because it's on if it, if that was a meadow or there even there's just a, a meadow buffer around yeah. there. That problem is almost eliminated. They've seen that with farm fields and, and nutrient runoff. You have a ten foot buffer by the ditch line. Yeah. The nutrient load drops ninety to ninety nine percent. Yeah. So. It's the that's what I guess that's where I'm thinking is there's a nutrient problem, but it's because of the lawn not providing good infiltration, not yes. because of the yes the poop is the source, but it's because of the uh, the conditions, not because of the yes. yeah. poop. That makes sense. Yeah, and no, it makes perfect that's- sense. So I'm just going to read a couple things that they said. According to the FTC, marketers of dog waste bags may be deceiving customers with the use of their unqualified biodegradable claims. Mm. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you mean that there's marketing people out there trying to deceive no, people? No. <laughs> no. Come on. No way. It says if, for example, a product says it's biodegradable, consumers like you and me probably think it will break down in the trash or composting bin within a year or so, but that's not always the case. Um, let's see. Unlike regular plastic bags that linger in the environment for decades, centuries even, biodegradable poop bags are designed to break down naturally over a shorter period of time. But as it turns out, the process can be hindered if the conditions aren't right. Um, In order to break down, these bags require precise levels of moisture, air, and heat. This means tossing them in the backyard to let nature work its magic will leave you with an ever-growing and increasingly stinky pile. Even the very best, most scientifically proven biodegradable plastics won't degrade in a landfill where compression or lack of oxygen leads to mummification. So, Makes sense. There's there's biodegradable – for those of you who have seen vegetable farms, there's black plastic mulch. Mm-hmm. They've made biodegradable versions of that made out of cornstarch or seaweed a yeah. lot of times. But it makes you think, well, how fast is it going to biodegrade? It's out in the elements. It's on the surface. And it's like, well, it doesn't until you incorporate it with the soil. So basically after the, the what's it called, the planting season is done, the harvest season is done, you just disc it under and it goes away. Um, and that the plants break down because of the microbes in yeah. the soil. But uh, if you just left it on top, it'll last a long time. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming it's probably a similar product. Yeah, I think so. so. What they're actually one of the recommendations is to bury it. Yeah. Um, flush it. Mm-hmm. Bring it in the house. They said they make water water soluble waste bags and bring okay. it in the house and flush it. So at least it's getting treated yeah. in a municipal waste system. 
um, or take it to a municipal composting facility. Yeah. So yeah. makes sense. It's uh, it reminds me of it's not as big of a thing on the East Coast, but like out west, you have the people who are doing like really going out in the back country and either hunting, fishing, hiking, those kind of things. And they're they're taking a lot of poops outside. Yeah. And um, on the East Coast, we don't do that as much because we don't have to. Like even if you're at a trail, there's usually a bathroom within yeah. jogging distance. Um, but out west, they have that more often. And I know one of the big complaints a lot of people have is with uh, I'll keep it clean, but surface poopers. A lot of people they use the the alliteration version yeah. of that. Um, and they're like, at least flip a rock. Like flip a rock over, go where the rock was, flip the rock back on yeah. top. Um, but even that causes some problems. They they really recommend digging a hole um, so that other people don't have to walk in it. But, uh, yeah, so same. maybe that's the practice for your dogs. But it, the funny thing was when I saw this, it's not something that I had ever – you know, I'm a dog owner. Oh, yeah. Not something that I had ever really contemplated. Yeah. You know, I was like, all right, this is something else I have to worry yeah. about now. With our dog growing up, we would – go out there with a shovel like once or twice a week and fling them in the woods behind our house. But not everyone has that luxury. And I don't know if that's the right thing to do. It's, uh, we just assumed it was, but yeah. yeah. Interesting friend. I I don't, I don't know if I can say if I'm taking it or leaving (laughs) it, but, uh, I don't know either. It depends. I'm not bringing it in the house to flush it either. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's, that's, I'm not going that route either. Nope. So. so, all right. Well, that's going to wrap us up. We thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Buzz. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Native Plants Healthy Planet presented by Pinelands Nursery. Uh, thank you to RJ Comer for our Buzz uh, intro theme music. Make sure you stream or buy RJ's music uh, wherever you consume music and check out his Americana playlist on Pandora. Thank you to Dave Bennett for our Native Plant Anthem. You can follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Native Plants underscore Healthy Planet and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Don't forget about the question and comment line. We've been on a roll, three episodes in a row with uh, call-ins. You can call us at 215-346-6189. I will repeat that, 215-346-6189. Ask a question or leave a comment. We'll do our best to play it on a future episode of The Buzz. And thank you to all of our participants in the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. Again, I say it every time, but I mean it. It just keeps growing and staying just as kind and polite and friendly. I appreciate that. So you can buy Native Plants Healthy Planet merch at our website, www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. There's all kinds of designs up there now. Some of those designs will be no longer yeah, in the we, next couple of weeks. We're going to start phase. We'll give you a heads up that we're going to retire gonna get- some with the old logo, yeah. and we have a new logo that we're really excited. We we did kind of throw the logo out on the Native Plants Healthy Planet um, Facebook page, mm-hmm. but we have iterations of it as well. Yes, like we have yeah. colored versions. There's there's so many cool things about it, like in color schemes mm-hmm. that we're, we're super pumped about. Yeah. So, um, and we don't keep any of the money from that. Like Fran mentioned before, one of our things is trying to give back to other organizations. So we are basically capturing that money into a PayPal account. When it comes time, we pump it out and then give it to the people who, uh, who we think are really doing a good job, boots on the ground, native plant work out there. So, um, if you can do us a favor, uh, if you haven't subscribed already, wherever, we're really, wherever you listen, uh, do that subscribe or add us to your, your playlist or whatever um and then give us a five-star review uh whether that's on apple podcast spotify stitcher 
No, Stitcher no more. It's still on yeah. here, but I, st- I still say it I, sometimes. No, it's, didn't I take it off? Oh, yeah, maybe I, I just yeah, still say it because it it's in my brain. You've been saying it for three <laughs> yeah, and a half yeah. years. Uh, iHeartRadio. I was looking up where it shows you how many listens you get per platform, and it's like what Apple Podcasts far and away. Then Spotify is like a very heavy favorite number two, and it's like iHeartRadio. And, and then like it's everywhere. Four. Yeah, it's, and then it's everywhere. It's like Alexa-enabled devices. It's kind of like a little bit of everything. So chances are you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, and if you are and you haven't left us a five-star review – you're going to get coal for Christmas. Yes, you are. You probably already did yeah. by the time you're yeah. you're hearing this. So, um, And some so non-biodegradable poop packs. You have you have till next year to, to change your ways, leave yeah. us a review, and, uh, and maybe your, Redeem your, yourself. your, your gift yourself giver of choice is going to give you something. Yeah. Nice <laughs> Put you on the nice list. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, thank you, everyone. Oh, yeah. Secret. I don't have one. You don't have a secret? No. I could have said that my son is saying, oh, man. And we don't <laughs> oh, know why. Um, he has – He. I did say that's better than some alternatives, but he has cursed. Before. All right. I will give you a secret based on your son. Yeah. When I ratted him out for the dog, he gave me the dirtiest look. Oh, like He yeah. stared me down. He, he is, was like – he yeah. looked at me and just was like – He is a big personality. <laughs> it's – um. And it did not come from me. It was definitely from my wife. It's, uh, yeah. She, it was funny, but he looked and then looked away and then just like looked back just to like, yeah, I meant it that yeah. way. Oh, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something else that might have happened at home. But yeah, no, he does say some curse words every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm trying to come to the root of where he's hearing these because I tend to not curse very much, if at all. Um, so I'm, and neither does his mom. So I'm not sure where it, it's <laughs> coming know. from. Maybe kids at school. Uh, maybe, maybe you have to know. have a talk with Pop Up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's my secret. Is some give me give me some advice. So how do you handle your kids cursing? There you go. Um, at a young age. So I've heard that you you just don't you kind of like ignore it or you say hey that's not a nice thing to say yeah. and then you move on. It's hard. You kind of have to. Be prepared and not react. But it was like in yeah, a way where react. they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." It's one of those things where it's like he'll say something. Like, I'm, I want to make sure I heard it right because he still is a little kid voice. Yeah. What did you just say? Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I thought you said something else. <laughs> I did see another video, and the person was saying, um, "They're like, oh, say, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's a bad word, but you really don't want to say like cotton-headed ninny muggins." Then yeah. they make uh, up yeah. some like nonsense word. Yeah. That's the word you really don't want to say, and it distracts them into saying the nonsense word yeah. into, and then they forget about the, the that's real. A, that's good advice. Curse. I so, like that. Yeah. So with that, thank you, everyone. I'm Tom, and I am Fran. Thank you again, everyone. Coming up next week, we have a new episode with Amanda Crook of Locust Light Farm, and she's an herbalist, which is a topic that we really haven't approached. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, we'll see you again next time. Have a very safe and happy new year. And until then, keep it native. In meadows, woods, wetlands, and dales grows a bounty of beauty that never fails. Our native plants, so diverse and so rare, treasures of our land beyond compare. For the friends below, soaring oaks above, these plants have the Milk, we so tall, these birds about, sipping left and fall. Oh, native
To the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.